Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Going in Circles Big Monday Show. My name is Charles Simon. I'm the host of the Going in Circles Podcast Network. My co-host on the Big Monday Show, Barry Spears, will be with us in just a minute. We wrapped up the Saratoga meet this afternoon. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the results from the weekend, including uh, a race in California that people seem to be interested in. And a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, be back here in just a minute. Pleasant Acre Farms is a full-service breeding operation located in Morriston, Florida, just outside of Ocala. If you want to get involved in the breeding business in the Sunshine State, or you're already involved, Pleasant Acre Farms is really the only place you need to know. Joe and Helen Barbazon, who are just great people, do a fantastic job taking care of your mare. Uh, they have a solid roster of 13 stallions with a really diverse group of pedigrees. Your mare will find a match at Pleasant Acre Farms. Currently, the star of Pleasant Acre Farms stallion roster is Neolithic, who is by far a runaway winner of the freshman stallion of the year here in the state of Florida. His son, Make It Big, just made it three for three, winning the $400,000 Springboard Mile at Remington Park, earning 10 points towards the Kentucky Derby in the process. Pleasant Acre Farms is your one-stop shop for breeding in the state of Florida. Check them out at www.pleasantacrestallions.com or on Twitter at P-A-S Stallions. You can also give them a call at 352-528-2885. Pleasant Acre Stallions, check them out. Hello, Sniper. What's up? What it do? It do it. It, it do be raining. Still? Still. Oof. Thank God that didn't happen when, when I was there. That's right. That's right. This was actually, of the entire meet, uh, the only day that it rained pretty much start to finish. But, uh, still raining so not that anyone cares anymore (laughs) the saratoga portion of most people's lives is now over Uh, the saratoga harnesses i gotta find out when they're running again yeah so you get a sandwich uh that's uh, it's over (laughs) yeah yep it's over the brisket people have exited the building until next year. So sadness abounds. Today was uh it was wet. That's an understatement. It that was the worst it's been all year, right? All season? Yeah, yeah, by far. Well, that was good. I mean, you know, not much was, uh, you know, rained off. No, there was very um, races taken off the turf this year. Matter of fact, uh, today only one race was taken off. The ninth race. 
they set an all-time record for handle. Actually, they, I think they beat it by 7% or 8%. And of course, the fact that there weren't many races taken off the turf is probably a big factor in that. And that, uh, I mean, when these races come off, even if there's main track only, is a lot of times, um, you know, you're going to scratch down the smaller fields. But, you know, weather is, it's not something that anyone can control. It, it was pretty nice this summer. It was hot early in the meet. It was a lot of hot, hot days. Um, it, it was warm yesterday. But today was uh, <laughs> today was a washout. And and I even went to my, you know, our shared golf cart that we share with some mystery person that doesn't know that we use their golf cart every day. Um, and <laughs> it, uh, it was out of juice. <laughs> Like out, like yeah. Start run. <laughs> Somebody forgot to plug it in. So that was, you know, a typical last day thing. But but no, it's sad to see it go. It's always a little bit sad, and it, it always seems like it goes fast. It just seemed like it wasn't that long ago. We were uh, opening day, wondering how the shoot was going to work out, and it worked out pretty much fine didn't seem to be much of an issue at all um but but it's over Ooh, very sad to see it go i mean it's over um we got another week at delmar right yes but that delmar started a week later this year right it was a week after um, right Exactly a week, right? Wasn't it the, the Friday after that Wednesday? So maybe it was longer than a week, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm tired. I'm very tired. I'm actually really tired today. The last few days I've been kind of wore out. Now you can recover. You got some time. That's right. That's right. I got later and later putting out the daily... When I first started the first couple of weeks, it was out by like midnight. Yeah, you were going strong early. In the last few days, it's been out by 10 a.m. <laughs> didn't didn't make it quite so much, but it's a lot of walking, Saratoga. No matter where you are, no matter where you park, no matter where you're sitting, it's it's True. walking. There's lots of walking. I forgot about that until yeah. I was there. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big, I mean, it's a, it's a big space. I mean, it just is, it's from one side of the, you know, from one end of the grandstand to the other, it's, it's, a, it's a long ways. It's a long ways, but, but that's that. Uh, today was a little bit of an upset in the, in the hopeful Forte, who I don't think was named after the former harmonist driver, Mike Forte. Um, he uh, he looked good for Todd Pletcher. He, he was giving him a little trouble saddling. He was on his toes, and a good-looking horse. I, I didn't see him the day he broke his mane. I, I mean, I saw the race, but I didn't see the horse up close. But really big, strong, good-looking horse. But um, didn't seem like 
uh, Gulfport really had much of an excuse. And what do you think of the race? I, it almost looked at, uh, like a carbon copy of uh, the race we saw, the, the special. He kind of drifted out at the top of the stretch and lost uh, pretty much. He drifted out today. I mean, he showed speed, which was kind of understandable. Um, and the one Lucas horse pressed him just a little bit down the backside. And he felt so like a lawn chair. It wasn't like, uh, you know, super fast fractions. And I don't well, know if Irad was just trying to get him to the outside to get on the crown of the track or, or what, or if he, I mean, honestly, I haven't, I haven't seen it. I haven't watched it over a bunch of times. So. It, it looked like he drifted out again. Like, you know, remember the, in the last, that last race, we thought that he kind of, a horse inside of him came out, which did happen, but that horse wasn't there this time. And he just kind of, right. he kind of just wandered off and, and it cost him the race. That's the uh, the danger of doing stallion deals before horses are proven. Mm, for real. What they really can do. And he really had no excuse not to win today. No, I mean, it wasn't really particularly close. But that little bit of pressure must <laughs> really get to him because he folded. Yeah, he, he didn't have much kick after. and I mean, it was a sloppy track, and you never really know, I guess about that until they run on it, but um, you know, it was just a mediocre performance. I didn't like most strike going into the race, but I don't know what happened, but he stopped on the turn. Yeah, he quit. Just He, he just uh, had enough. <laughs> no, he, he just chased and, and, and went backwards and, um, Blazing Sevens was third, but he, he just sat last and he picked up to pieces. He, he wasn't really a factor, but Forte looked really good. Forte looked good. Um, the spin away uh, was yesterday, and Phil Serpy got the job done. Yeah, giving high fives back there, bro. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Serpy special crew. The Clancy boys. Joe Clancy <laughs> and his son, who... Uh, who went through a table. He did do Buffalo Bills style that table slamming. Tommy Law was there heckling. Uh, we were heckling Les Cano and he gave Joe a pair of goggles, which I convinced him to put on so he would be incognito. Which, uh, which actually was the most fun I had at the track <laughs> pretty much the whole year. <laughs> That and, and and chanting Rudy after the last when Rudy Rodriguez swung on, but uh, yes, sir. At the end of the meet, you know those guys I know were relieved. It's a, it's a tough task putting a paper. Listen, it's a tough task putting on together a a stupid blog every day, which I can do whatever I want, write whatever I want. I have to worry about it, you know, sponsors or anything saying anything. No, you can't write that. But those guys, uh, they do a good job and. Um, yeah, writing every day like that is you, you, you gotta have, you know, the wherewithal to just push through. I mean, I, I've done some writing and I was, you know, when I was doing it for um, for Bet America back in the day, I mean, 
writing doesn't come that naturally for me. So it it was a struggle. <laughs> I can't I can't lie and say it wasn't, but it was. Um, you know, topics, things like that. And some people just have it and some people don't. I guess I'm more on the don't side. Yeah, I mean the one thing about Saratoga is that there's generally well, I mean, there's a lot of high quality races, there's a lot of stake races and things like that. So there's automatically more to talk about than just uh, like doing this at Aqueduct. You would have a lot of really mundane days, you know. Yeah, so and so won the New York Red Maiden 25, and yeah, so and so won the 10 Corner, and yeah, so and so won the Maiden 30. And it just doesn't, there's not a lot going on, but. And I mean, there's a lot of other stuff too going on this time of the year. I mean, this week was kind of crazy having Kentucky Downs running and Delmar's still running. And today was Colonial was running and uh, Mama's been running and Saratoga all at the same time, which is kind of nuts. Just uh, kind of, they, they kind of ran over the top of, of each other. Yeah. And then, I mean, I guess the big story this week is, is, is flight line and um, I mean we can talk about how how devastatingly easily he won the race because it just doesn't happen very often that horses win those kind of races in that fashion where he just punished the rest of the horses and embarrassed them basically um and I think that what we have said all along is that we don't doubt that the horse is an immensely talented horse. I mean, you'd have to be an idiot to think that other than that. I mean, he wins every race by 50 legs. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's just that we never yeah, see him. And, and this may, this may sound silly, but. I mean, he ran at 9 o'clock on a Saturday night with no television coverage. I mean, this is horse racing. Right? <laughs> horse racing. What are we doing? Everyone's known this horse was supposed to run in this race since May. Essentially, since he crossed the finish line on the undercard of the Belmont Stakes. And we don't align this up where we get some, some TV coverage out of it, at least. Yeah, I was I was actually kind of well, not surprised, but I would have thought like you did that having this much advance notice on on that horse running in that race, it could have squeezed in an hour. It wasn't. It wasn't like anything was major going on at that point, or maybe there was. Was there football going on? College football. Yeah. Yeah, but college football is going on the rest of the year. Right. Yeah. It's, no, you're it's right. just I mean, one of those things on, on on Saturdays it's just gonna be a thing. It's gonna be going on during our Breeders' Cup prep days, even though it doesn't seem like a whole lot of horses are gonna be u- utilizing those prep days. Uh and the Breeders' Cup itself is going to face up against college football. It, it has to. It's in the fall and just part of the deal, but um, 
I mean, uh, the flight line timing wasn't great. And, I mean, a lot of people do, you know, he didn't, Tim Layden put a tweet about how he didn't capture the imagination of the bet it, you know, the general public more or less saying that more people know Rich Strike is than, 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 and he's right. A lot more people do because the Kentucky Derby is a much, much, much bigger event than pretty much anything else we do. But, but, but (laughs) the other part about this horse is he doesn't run and you cannot capture the public's imagination. Honestly, I think one of the big mistakes about stretching the triple crown out would be uh, the the one time of the year that the public is paying attention to horse racing. We're running back in two weeks and running back in three weeks. And it kind of, uh, it, it, it's, it's a very short frame of you know time that, that they have to pay attention to. And I think that the further you stretch it out, that the, the less attention we're going to get. And, and horses like Flightline who just never run. I mean, I, I guess I use Zenyatta as the example. I said, if, Zenyatta had only run eight or nine times. She would have never been the big sensation that she wound up being like uh, from the media standpoint. We're getting uh, interviews uh, about her on 60 Minutes. That that never would have happened if she had seven or eight stars. True. Very true. And that, and that's why, you know, Flightline's kind of, you know, he's great. For, you know, the horse racing population loves him. I mean, but outside of that, there, there's not many people that know who it is. No, and I mean, and you know, my dad, my dad's he, he follows the sport pretty avidly, and he, you know, people that he knows associates with that that have owned horses and stuff in the past have, you know, they really weren't kind of up on on flight line, and he he said he was surprised, but I mean, you got to factor in a couple of things like like you were saying, he doesn't run very much, he runs primarily on the west coast so it's like you know and then even the day that he ran on the east coast it was kind of overshadowed by another right right it was on the undercard right but you know that's that's the things that some horse players you know, horse horse players are, are a breed apart because <laughs> they're very headstrong and, and sometimes they, they have a, a tunnel vision view of things where they're not seeing how everything's perceived on the outside of our fiefdom. <laughs> right. It, right. And it and it just it's gotta be factored in because you know that that's how this sports going to grow i mean honestly anybody in any marketing department you know at del mar or any of those california tracks i would have been pushing for trying to get nbc or somebody to pick this up i mean you know this this wasn't a surprise what he did i i guess it exceeded expectations we knew he was going to put on the show it was just a matter of what right and I, I just think that was a missed opportunity. I mean, it, I mean, obviously you can't predict everything, but he had a good chance that you know getting this horse on TV before the Breeders' Cup would have been a good thing. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And I think that's part of my complaint about the Breeders' Cup, and that they need to take more of a role 
in the months leading up, not just this win in your in stuff. It just doesn't capture it. No, no one cares outside of the people that own the horses. No one cares about this stuff. It's just well, that and the guy who writes for the Times Union, who who's totally confused, but um, who actually believes like if you don't win one of those races, you might not get in when he asked. <laughs> He called the Breeders' Cup and asked him, "Is that the center going to be get in the Classic?" And I'm, I'm sure whoever he talked to at the Breeders' Cup said, "Oh, yes, I think that we'll, we'll take Epicenter. Uh, he probably has a good shot of getting in." Uh, as it is, uh, I don't know how many horses are going to run against them because people in horse racing now are cowards—just absolute, flat-out billionaire cowards, chickens, chickens. Oh my God, he's too good. We're not going to run against him. You know, Secretariat lost after the Belmont. He did not win every single race after the Belmont. He lost after the Belmont. People tried to, you know, actually win races. They didn't just say, oh, my God, he's too good. What are we going to do? Our horse might lose. <laughs> Nobody has an undefeated horse out there. Bill Mott said, said it pretty much summed it up the other day when someone asked, I guess, about Olympiad. And he said, you know, we won two win and you're in races. And, you know, it's like, what are we gonna do? <laughs> you know, like, why wouldn't we? Where, where else would we go? It's a six million dollar raise. It's, you know, arguably if he wins the race, he could be horse of the year. Same with life is good. Certainly with epicenter. Oh, you got to try him. I, if I any need... of those horses win that race, they're horse of the year. Flightline was great. The flightline doesn't have to make this race. Right. I was gonna say, you know, there's there's that possibility he might not even make the horses race. miss races all the time. Right. Look at charge it. Supposed to be in the Travers, not in the Travers. Supposed to be in the Pennsylvania Derby, not going to make the Pennsylvania Derby. Because we don't always get the, the inside scoop as to what's wrong with the horses or how severe or how, you know, how, how bad it really is. If it's just some little minor thing or, or something that's going to linger. I'll be honest, I talked to a person associated with Flightline yesterday. And I told him, I don't know why you're going to bring him back next year. If you're just going to run them like you run them now, well, you hardly ever run. Right. There's no and, point on that. <laughs> and I said, I, I'm not criticizing you in that perhaps the horse has legitimate physical reasons why he doesn't run, and that's fine. But if you bring him back here next year and you run him three times and you've already won the Met Mile, you've already won a Pacific Classic, the Whitney is just basically the Pacific Classic without palm trees. Um <laughs> You know, maybe a, you know one of the races over in in the Middle East. You already won the classic, so like, what's the point? If you're going to come over here and run against three horse races, just just retire him. And the other thing is this: is is if he continues on this scheme of just crushing everyone, and he comes back next year and he doesn't really run much, if at all, hardly. Well, he he casts the pall over all the other races. Because it's going to be not who's the leader of the division or who's uh, potentially going to be the best horse or whatever. It's all going to be like, well, you know, what's Flightline going to do? It's, it's, it's a nice race. It's a grade one and all, but Flightline's in it. So we all know the Flightline will crush these horses. So is it as big of a deal as it, it should be? No, it's not because he is this, this you know, uh, immovable force out there that if he's not in the race, then is it really that big of a deal because you're going to lose them anyways? And if he is in the races, it's going to be like three horses. So 
And not to mention the, the other factor that a horse that needs all this time between races, if he were to get hurt in a race, it would be any top horse, any good horse, any horse, period, but any top horse that gets hurt in a race, especially when there's been a lot of marketing and publicity around him, it's a it's a really bad thing for racing. But a horse that, that hardly runs because of physical ailments were to get hurt. I mean, you're almost in a no-win situation because if you retire and people are going to say, oh, well, I just retired him for the money. And if if you bring them back and, and you just selectively choose the biggest races, you're going to say, oh, well, they're just bringing them back for the money. I mean, you're never going to make everybody happy. But if he were to win the Breeders' Cup Classic in, in, in any semblance of uh, a romp, I just don't see what the point of bringing him back is if they're just going to run him two or three times in, in races against overmatched horses. I mean, do we, what is the point? I just don't, I don't get it. Don't right. Know. When he could be making little flight lines. Yeah. And huh. I mean, like, like who is like the last person in the world to ever advocate for horses? <laughs> Not you. Right. But I just look at it and I just see negative, uh, not negative. I, I just see all downside, all downside. And I don't care about the stud deal. It's, good, it's completely meaningless to me. It doesn't matter to me. A, I'm not going to breed to him because, you know, I don't have whatever it's going to cost to breed to him or a mare. Uh, and, you know, B, we don't own any of them. It doesn't help us. But I just see like this, I don't know. I guess I've, I've explained. I think I've explained it well enough where people aren't going to say, oh my God, you're just a hater. I, I, I don't want to watch exhibitions. They're not interesting to me. If, if baseball had spring training for four months, people would get bored of it. It's a big deal because it's 30 days and, and you, know, you get up and close. Blah, blah, blah. Tickets are slightly cheaper <laughs> than regular season tickets. I mean, it used to be five bucks. But you can't, I mean, people are only going to watch Alabama play Utah State. How many times? They can only blow you off the field and it gets boring after a while. So, so there. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It, it just, you know, if he ran more, you can make a case for it. But yeah, right. If, if you're going to go on the like, way they're doing, it's it's just like, it's almost like the the name of our show just going in circles because <laughs> there's really no excitement there after a while. And, you know, he's done everything that he really needs to do. It's not like you can go back in time and have him run in the, in the triple crown races or anything. So that's over with. He wins the Brutus Club classic and let's say he crushes them. I mean, what more else is there? I mean, yeah, Dubai, but it seems like they, they just, can't get him to run or won't um, quick enough. So, you know, he's going to run in Dubai and then retire (laughs) or Saudi or wherever. I mean, I don't know. I mean, no, that's what I mean. It's just like, well, what are you, what what are we doing here? I mean, they could run him in the Pegasus and retire him. Nah, they wouldn't do that. It's too close. I would think. I know. I know. I know. November to January, too close. 
Right. January too. It's almost February when the Pegasus runs. Yeah, it's it's pretty difficult to make. If you're going to go to stud next year, the Pegasus is really is out. Yeah, run. you could run in that race, but you couldn't run in any other races. I mean, next go the last gun runner. I mean, a bunch of them have, have used that as their you know finale. Um, Be nice that way we could see them, but <laughs> yeah. If, Personally, <laughs> that's what you should do, so we can be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're changing our mind right now. That's right. There's one call, more. After. Let's call up West Point and say, hey, guys got to run them in the Pegasus because we said so. Uh, I'll be <laughs> honest with you. The, the, that, the Pegasus would be literally the only race that would make sense. Right. Bring them back. In the, you know, you, you win the Breeders' Cup Classic. You, you, the finale is the Pegasus, and off the stud you go. Because, again, if you're not going to go to Dubai – you already won in that mile. I just, you know, the sanity to handicap isn't what it, 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 it used to be. Um, the Pimlico special isn't what it used to be. Whoa. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that race is well below what it used to be. Right. I, you know, the, <sighs> some of the names that won. I, I, don't, I don't know that, you know, they're going to say, oh, you know, we really, we really need to win to Stephen Foster. <laughs> nice race to win, but I just don't see that as being like a reason to bring a horse like that back. You're... So, right. so, anyways, uh, Olympiad looked good. Yeah, kind bounce back and like victory. Um, but bounce it was back. one of those races. I, 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 when I wrote up the the um the recap the next day i just did a, a horse by horse one kind of you know short line because the race set up and and raced almost exactly like it kind of looked like it was going to set up and race yeah that was really formful like everything fell into place the way you would look at the form i mean like well this horse is going to go here right. going to go Max out is going to go to the lead right olympia's going to sit off him american revolution is going to sit off him and everybody else is a plotter, and they're just going to plot, and that's pretty much what happened. And first captain was good enough to outplot the rest of them, and and um, I mean it's just the way it is. I mean they went, you know, the pace wasn't particularly fast. It went forty nine and change. And... Well, just think about how many races that we either watch or are involved in, you know, betting wise, that don't play out the way that we yeah, right. And it just happened that this one just played out exactly the way it looked like on paper. Yeah, like almost every horse ran exactly like you thought they were going to. They were in the spot you thought they were going to be, and it just worked out. But Olympiad ran well. I mean, he's he's definitely a, a B-team type of horse. Um, I mean, there's not many A-teams. To me, the A-team is Flightline, the Epicenter, and Life is Good, not in, partic- you know, in, in, in no particular order. And then... You know, Olympiad would would uh, would kind of almost be uh, on the second tier by himself. I mean, Olympiad keeps running against American Revolution, keeps beating him by a couple lengths. <laughs> so, I mean, he's he's a couple lengths clear of him. I don't know what to make of the rest of the field in California, and I mean, this might sound blasphemous because everyone's gonna say, "Oh my God," you know, but the rest of them ran slow. Well, just think about it, though. I mean, how many times can we see 
Express Train, Stiletto Boy, do the same thing over and over again. Right. Express Train. I thought it was funny when people said, "Oh, they're great on horses." <laughs> yeah, they're great on horses because there's nobody else out there. <laughs> right. So I mean, if you run, if you run the same four horses against each other all the time, well, it's, it's just like the the. I, I told the guy one time we we're talking about Kelly Kip. Well, he couldn't go a step over seven furlongs. So I said, "Well, it depends on the class." What do you mean? I said, "If we brought him to Portland Meadows and ran him a mile and a quarter, he would win because he would be a hundred lengths ahead." After six furlongs, you know it's it's like it's, literally, uh-huh. literally. But no, it's it's theory of um of it's it's a, it's kind of the flaw of the graded stakes system. I used the example of Happy Jack <laughs> um, earlier in the year. Happy Jack ran third in two Breeders' Cup, excuse me, Kentucky Derby preps, but he ran third because there were five horse races. And there was horses easing and stopping and this and that. And he was never even close. He was getting beat 10 lengths. And because he was he was third multiple times in graded races, he's going to be considered, his races will be considered a positive for those races. When they absolutely positively, him coming in third should be considered a negative, not a positive. Um, but like you said, it's the same horses over and over and over again. They they just kind of take turns beating each other. So, so there. Take that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I see so much conjecture about <laughs> flight line, and it's good. I like it. I like to see that um, at least people are talking about it, and so on and so forth. Uh you know, about his race and his next race. That's that's the way it should be. We should yeah. always have a horse like that to talk about. Sure. Um, you know, the last couple of years, it, it was life is good and Nick's go. And metal, that trend will continue. Hopefully somebody freaks out again. And... Well, I thought it was strange that Elliot Walden put up a, a poll today saying which race should life is good run in. Like, Why would you do that? Yeah, <laughs> everybody knows that the 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 only I I mean he should know they run him in any question. race other than the classic. Uh, right, I, it's just like what are you doing? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna actually go to the Breeders' Cup and I'm gonna I'm gonna boo him. I'm gonna boo him. I'm gonna say boo. Well, that was like the 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 whole Liam's map thing back a few years back. Yeah, yeah. Your horse isn't undefeated. He can be horsier if he wins that race. He can't be horsier if Flightline wins. He can't be horsier if Epicenter wins. It doesn't matter if he wins the Breeders' Cup mile by 500 lengths. If he laps them, it doesn't matter. If one of those two other horse wins the, the, the other race, they're going to be horsier, and that's all there is to it. And particularly, I don't care about horsier. I could care less who's the horsier. It doesn't matter to me. One I but I know the people that own the horses care. The trainers care. The people around the horses, the people who are involved care. And I, I just would think that it, it would be, especially for a horse that's already done, he's already won a Breeders' Cup race. It's not like he hasn't won one and they're saying, yeah, man, this is our third year and we haven't won one and it's tough, you know. Um I could understand why you would say, you know what, we just want to win one. We just want to have him be a Breeders' Cup winner. <clears throat> okay, 
fine. Begrudgingly, I'll, I'll, I'll say, okay, we'll, we'll accept that. But this year, after you know the, the whole spending the year trying to d- make him into a two-turn horse to say, well, we're just we're going to chicken out, basically. There's no other way of putting it except it's a chickening out. And really, Flightline needs Life is Good in that race. He needs him in that race because Life is Good can run with him at least for the first six or seven furlongs. After that, we don't know. Really. People will be like, "Oh, well, he never ran against Life is Good." Right, exactly. And like so, we, we lived in a world where Rachel Alexandra and, and Zenyatta were racing at the same time, yet never raced against each other. Travesty. If you ask me, even if Rachel Alexander wasn't quite as good as a four-year-old as she was as a three-year-old, I mean, plenty of opportunities there for them to run against each other, though. Run. What's the point? You never know. It's Keeneland. Of all the tracks that a horse could get to the lead and have it be, you know, speed favoring would be Keeneland. Last time they ran the Breeders' Cup there, they set like seven track records. Well, Stark was trying to convince me that the track wasn't particularly fast that weekend. <laughs> Just good horses running there that weekend. Just like, you know, Keeneland never really gets much to run there. It's basically like, you know, Fairmont East. Old Keeneland. Nobody good runs at that place. That's why the track records were set. Not because the track was fast. Though he didn't give us the old uh, atmospheric conditions, which is <laughs> the tides, which is really the greatest horse racing excuse of all time. That, that they did not scrape the track; it's just atmospheric conditions. <laughs> For some crazy reason, those atmospheric conditions—they only seem to hit. <laughs> When it's a big stakes day. I don't know why. Hmm. And on Saturdays, they don't ever have atmospheric conditions strike the track on a Thursday. There's two glaring examples of that. And that Breeders' Cup at Keeneland was one of them. That and then fun. any Penn Derby day. Yeah. The track is completely different than it yeah. is on a daily basis. Yeah, parks, the first four paths are just like Death Valley. You go in there and, and your horse just stops. Stops. Pennsylvania Derby Day, they can skim the rail and then <laughs> never, never miss a beat. That was, yeah, I remember when I first got the parks and I would be watching the races. Why is everybody in the seven paths? <laughs> <laughs> Like, what the what's going on? How bad can the inside be? But as I found out, it was not good. It was bad. Oh, man. I'm tired. Yeah, it's a long meet, man. 40 days. Rain. No, it's not what it was back in the day, like you know, 28 days tops. <laughs> yeah, 
One year, they ran every day. They decided they were going to run seven days a week. Just kidding. And, uh, yeah, that was like... I was going to say, by week four, everybody's... Everybody was zombified, man. It was, yeah. it was, it was brutal. But it just seems like everybody is kind of resigned to the fact that Saratoga is going to be expanding. It's going to be getting longer. Uh, and it, it'll be front-loaded. I mean, it'll be longer from the beginning, not, not the end. Right, so like early July. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're getting closer and closer to July 4th. Nobody really talks about it in public too much, but they're building a tunnel on the backside of of, of what's currently the, the backside of, of Belmont Park on the backstretch. Well, that's not a random occurrence. They're going to rebuild the grandstand on the other side of the racetrack like the Meadowlands did. That's going to happen. They're not going to continue to use this giant monstrosity. Right. It doesn't make any sense to do it. It's old. It's never used outside of Belmont Day. When there's not a triple crown on the line, it's mostly not used that much that day. Now it sits up behind a you know, hockey arena, or the big arena. And it's going to take a long time to build that. That's not going to happen overnight. And, you know, they have winter in New York, so it's not always easy to, to, to do things. And I don't know when it's going to happen, but, I mean, look, winter in New York is, New York racing has already started <laughs> We're going to the Big A next week, so it's uh, it's going to happen. They're they're going to Belmont will be closed for a long time while they're rebuilding it, and once Belmont is rebuilt and it's a winterized situation or a, a you know it's a year round uh, grandstand because as it is now, it's not. It, it's it's not a cold weather grandstand in the least it's it, everything's outside so that'll be changed and, and then there'll be no more aqueduct and this might be four or five years uh, Naira is not a typical company they don't own the land anymore the land is owned the deeds are held by the state and Naira is a non-profit and it's kind of a convoluted situation they can't just go out and get the money and do it so they have to have the state float bonds and, and things like that. So it's, it's going to take some time, but it's going to happen. It's definitely going to happen. Then it would be naive to think that they're not going to try to add to Saratoga because business at Saratoga is just, you know, the typical day at Saratoga is so much better than the day at, at Belmont or Aqueduct. It's going to happen. Just, it's just a matter of when. But, but it's happening. Oh, it's happening, all right. <laughs> I see uh, Greeley and Ben won yesterday. I know. I was amazed. A lot, of, a lot of heart, that horse last man. A lot of heart. It wouldn't give in. Well, today they ran a $50,000 claimer, a straight open 50 claimer, 
going a mile and eighth in the dirt and had nine. Well, I had ten with a scratch. The last time that's happened. So that's got to be the upset of the year. That race filled with, with, with ten and went with nine. I mean, if that's not a signal. <laughs> that, that used to be a staple of the card. That used to, they used to run that a lot. Yeah, the 50, the 25, the 100 down to 75. <laughs> that, that was like a big, you know, those open claimers um, for, at the higher levels. Well, those are the races, you know, somewhat similar races. I guess the optional claimers. Uh, you get those comebackers, you know, the, the real high-profile horses come back in races like that. Yeah. Back in the day. <laughs> you used to see them show up in, a, like, one of those allowance races. Like, oh, man, this horse come back on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, Bell Harbor just crushed him today. Just, yeah, just put the hurting on him. I mean, Val Harbor's just better than those horses. He's just old. <laughs> he's, you know, he's seven, and he's seen better times, but uh-huh. got him on the lead in the mud, and it was over. Uh, five horses got claimed out of that race, including Val Harbor. Val Harbor got claimed. Gentleman Joe got claimed. Uh, he finished seventh. Night Ops, he got claimed. He finished sixth. Portos. Kind of surprised Bell Harbor. Second, got. He got claimed and uh, Warstopper got claimed. Surprising that Bell Harbor got claimed at seven. That's crazy. I think man. a couple of them are, are up there. But, you know, those horses run fast. I mean, they're they're running good numbers and you can find the right race. You can make your money right back. And the purse structure that they have. Uh, not just here. I mean, Kentucky Downs is like... <clears throat> That's outrageous. <laughs> I mean, it's nuts. It's crazy. What other takes do you have from the, the last week or weekend mm-hmm. races? No, I mean, you know, Saratoga always, you know, steps up, rings the bell. I mean, there was a there was a couple of times, I think kind of earlier in the meet where you got a couple of cars that were kind of suspect, but they were midweek cards. It was like Wednesday, Thursday type stuff. Right, right. Um, you know, I think the weather cooperated. That was a big part of it being a really huge success because there was I don't even know. It had to be less than ten, right? Races off the the grass. Yeah, I think it was. I don't remember the exact number, but it's it's right in that number, right in that area. I think there was only five taken off the first half of the meet. Yeah, you get weather like that, and that cooperates. The meet's going to be phenomenal, and it was. Um, this this just sucks because. It's it's so unique, and you can't replicate this anywhere no. else at any other time during the year, no, at can't. any other track. And it's just you know, it, it's just it's wild to me that it's can't be duplicated. There's certain things in racing that just um, they just can't be. You just can't do them. Saratoga's meet um, the Kentucky Derby. 
Royal Ascot. I mean, you just can't substitute something else for those races and those meets or those periods of time. They're just not the same. Delmar, I guess, to an extent, because and part of it's the location. I mean, part of what makes Saratoga special and what makes Delmar special to a lesser extent, because Delmar is really not far from San Diego. Uh, you know, Saratoga is not far from uh, you know, Schuylerville. So, <laughs> Same thing, right? Yeah. San Diego, Schuylerville. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, San Diego's got a zoo. And, and here you go five miles out of t- side of town. And there's wild animals running all over the place. Right, the bears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bears are taking over. Um, But, you know, it, it's the whole Saratoga scene, too. It's not just the track. And the track is obviously a, a unique setup as well. I mean, it's a 150-year-old track. I mean, it's um, it's nothing like anything else. Uh, at least anything else is still left. So, no, it's a great thing. It's, it's a great time. And, and I mean, I, I had a great summer. I met so many people, new people that, that uh, you know, we got to know here through the podcast or online or through Twitter or wherever. And the great part about racing is the social aspect. Mm. And it's, it's part of what makes the Del Mar meet great. It makes Keeneland great. It makes Saratoga great is because there's people there. Uh, that's the thing that, you know, we're going to Aqueduct. We're not going to see both <laughs> uh, stream in the off season. Churchill on, on days outside of the, the night cards or, you know, some of the, the select Saturdays. You just don't get people there, and it's just uh, it's not the same. I mean, it's just not the same. And I mean, listen, it's the same shit we've been talking about for how long since we started this podcast. <laughs> you know, it ain't really going to change. So, um, Joel Rosario, however, uh, felt the scorn of Chalk players uh, with his very passive ride on, on Warlike Goddess. Um, you know, I was thinking. I, about, I have two takes on that. I was thinking about that because it, that horse has to be a tricky ride because of the pace scenario that this horse faces every time and the way, <laughs> you know. I guess Joel's kind of in his own kind of zip code with that kind of stuff, like the mental aspect of everything, because he just does whatever and it seems to work out for him. This time it didn't, but it's not like he, he really didn't do well. He had a chance to get to the outside and that was probably the best thing to do. And I'm sure he would probably tell you that too. Probably should have got her out, but she was up against it anyway. She still could have lost <laughs> the same way. It just would have looked a little bit better if he was on the outside and, you know, not trying to split horses and, and you know, run down a front runner that was going really slow. Right. A good so horse. He was kind of in a no-win situation unless he won the race. If he didn't win, he was going to get it regardless. I made a bet on a horse and I made a really the only bet I cashed today was in the Bernard Baruch on the six horse, um, the Chad Brown horse. And 
I made the bet. A, I thought the horse was on figures as fast as anybody else in the race. And it was not a strong race. I mean, the Bernard Baruch and the Saranac really have to be changed. Either either change them, find another spot for them, and the schedule, the way they are now, they're just fodder for Kentucky Downs. They just get crushed. And they're just not representative races. They need to be downgraded. The Greatest Stakes Committee needs to downgrade those if they want to keep any um, real sense of credibility. I mean, those are just not good races. I mean, the Saranac was essentially a walkover. It was a walkover with two other horses in the race. Yeah. <laughs> and Etheril Road, who I got suckered into the old, uh, oh, yeah, he's going to be, you know, thinking he could be second. But, um, You know, Virginia Joy, my, I wrote before the race in the preview that if you could, if you told me that she was going to go to the lead, I would bet on her. I just <laughs> wasn't sure because Chad Brown tradition doesn't like going to the lead unless the race is like on a ridiculously soft turf or a situation like that one where like the horse fell on the lead. I mean, she went 52, 119, and, and he. he, he but Rosario put his horse in a situation where he literally had to come home 20 and four. <coughs> and it's impossible. Yeah, that's impossible. So nobody can do that. <laughs> so the, my, my take is this, is that he needs to be a little bit more cognizant of the fact that she is uh, a little bit pace dependent. So you got to put her up closer into the race from the start. And then if there's a quick pace, then adjust. And he didn't do that. He, he wrote her like a 20 to one shot. You were, you're just going to say, Oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get inside. I'm going to get covered up. And then when they turn for home, uh, I'm going to find a scene, whatever happens, happens. When you're one to five, you shouldn't be riding like that. When you're one to five, you have to make sure that you have a chance to win the race. Uh, but the other thing is that if, if the, this horse has had two campaigns on and last year, she was fortunate to get up in a couple races where some pace developed, but there's no reason why people that own horses like that don't employ rabbits. There's no yeah, reason. It boggles it, my mind that doesn't happen. It's it's a legal racing tactic. If your horse is is uh, can can be put in a in a poor position because of the lack of pace. Well, then fine. Get yourself a horse that will ensure that there's pace. We want to do everything that the Europeans do, right? I mean, we cry, oh, Europe, 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 Europe. Well, they do that. Who's the greatest horse of the last 20 years over in California? In, California, in, in, in uh, England? Frankel. Frankel. Yeah, guess what Frankel had? Rabbit. Exactly. They call him pacemakers there. Hair pacemakers are things that you put in your heart to keep them from exploding. <laughs> They're, you know, we would call them rabbits because that's what you know, traditionally been known as rabbits. And I said on Twitter, if I ever hit the Powerball for like $600 million and I bought a bunch of horses, I will have a rabbit for every one of my horses. I'll have rabbits for rabbits. I'll have rabbits in the stable just in case. Because there's just no reason not to. My horse is a comfort behind horse, and in this day and age, where where people, uh, where, where speed is 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 routinely um, nullified because whatever whatever strange reasons that, that that's become not uh, 
fashionable to go to lead. Um, I would ensure that there's going to be enough pace for my closer by buying a horse that ensures that there's pace. And it, you see it a lot. You see it quite a bit. You see it quite a bit. So, but I'd do it. Yep, I'm gonna buy one. <clears throat> I gotta hit the Powerball first. Yeah, please, because we need to get those rabbits out there in the world. Rabbits need love too. Shake the bank. Shake the bank was so good of a rabbit he started winning. Winning. <laughs> <laughs> He's no rabbit. He's the best horse. <laughs> oh, man. The horse that was the rabbit for Stephanie's kitten that almost won like a, a Breeders' Cup race. I don't know. A few years back. I don't know. I can't recall. I'll say it's copper something. Ramsey horse. It'll come to me. It'll, it'll come to you like 2 o'clock in the morning. I know. And then I'll text you at 2 and wake you up. Or you're already awake, so... <laughs> Most of the time, that's the truth. I'm already awake. Sleep? Who needs sleep? Uh, I was impressed by Leave No Trace yesterday. Phil Serpy did a great job with her. And he actually had a really good meet, Phil Serpy. Um, and we did heckle him in the winter circle yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> but he bought that filly for $40,000 out of the, the uh, Timonium sale, the Maryland uh, October yearling sale. And she's a great one winner already. Two for two. I mean, it's about as good as it gets. Right. You can't and, do... and, and she looked good. And a, a lot of people, of course, were talking about American Rockette, who literally almost made the outside fence. I don't know that I've seen a horse come closer to jumping over the outside fence coming out of starting eighth than her. I mean, she was... She was way out she there. She was within like five feet of hitting the outside fence. And Alvarado kind of got her straightened out, but she was way behind and made a huge, huge run. I just almost don't know why. She almost got you third. Know, you was... have to watch out because everybody will tell you with horses to draw pulse one especially two-year-olds, that they don't like post one because a lot of times the horses will break and, and, and veer to the inside. Well, the outside post is the same. A lot of times horses will break and run to the outside. Right, so nobody there is the space. There's no one there, right. So you, you got to beware of those type of horses. I mean, Krupe kind of was like that. He, he got so far behind first time, and then he, he got... He picked up his momentum and, and was was running down the stretch and you know, just missed second. But he kind of did it the other day again too. He broke a little better, but he ran erratically early and, and got a little bit sluggish and you know just gave himself too much to do. I thought instant coffee, instant coffee won the showdown between him and Juan Valdez. <laughs> Hunfeld has sucked. <laughs> he didn't run a step. <sighs> I thought Instant Coffee ran really, really, really well. Yeah. He even kind of got bumped around. Yeah. I thought that horse ran lights out. Yeah, I did too. I thought that was a that was a good debut. <sighs> Be interesting to see where some of these horses go picked, from here. 
along with nine others or eight others. Well, we put our Breeders' Cup uh, preview. This is probably the worst year ever. <laughs> to have um to have a Breeders Cup classic uh, future book. <laughs> you have, you Literally, have horse, you have a horse, two horses, and one might horse. not, and the other might run in another race. Yeah, <laughs> like of all the horses listed, only about three of them are you sure going <laughs> to actually point to the race? Flight line and Olympiad and um. I don't know, maybe somebody else. You're assuming life is good. Right. Those four. And then, you know, life is good is kind of a question mark still. Yeah, which is surprising to me. That bothers me. Come on, man. Don't be soft. Put the horse in there. You're not undefeated. <clears throat> you get speed, you get speed. What are you going to do? He's still going to stand for 100,000. Better than going to Dubai and getting beat. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell? Uh, so this week we got some Kentucky Dutch tomorrow, the Virginia Derby, and the uh, undercard is great. Yeah, this is a good card. For a mon- or Monday or Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> oh, I mean, the racing action this week has been crazy. Today, Woodbine ran today, too. Why, why did Woodbine run? Oh. Is it a Canadian holiday of some sort? I don't believe so. Maybe they got Labor Day, too. I don't know. Montreal Expo Remembrance Day. They, that should be every day. <sighs> Gary Carter. The kid. Pedro Martinez. Randy Johnson. Yeah, briefly. Tim Raines. Tim Black Rock. Ellis Valentine. Man. Everybody. Warren Cromarty. Andre Dawson. The Hawk. Yeah. The Hawk was there before he went to the Cubs. Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers, Captain America. Yeah. Yep. People to this day. I'm sure Steve Beck will tell you, but the 1980 was the 81. I think Gary Carter strike. Yeah, and they they didn't play the second half of the year, and the Expos were were in first. Hmm. That they would that was their year. That didn't was they their year. Puerto Rico. Yeah, yeah, or like a half a season or something. Yeah, they had they had a. <clears throat> I went to uh, me and my dad went to Olympic Stadium. I gotta say, like two thousand three or four. It was like it was a dark day. And he's like, I was gonna say, how far is that? It can't be that far. Not about three hours. Yeah. Easy trip. We drove up. They played the Mets. Played a day game. There was about fifty two hundred people there. <laughs> and the old Olympic Stadium, which was a dump. By the way, what about Exhibition Stadium up in Toronto? Oof. I never made it to Exhibition Stadium. I never made it there. That was where they originally played the original Blue Jays in 1976. Yeah, 
I remember when them and the uh, Mariners were expansion teams. The Marlins still play like an expansion team. Uh, you know whose fault that is, right? Yep. He's gone, though. <clears throat> exited the building. Arizona won. That makes no sense to me that either of these teams in Florida get no fans. No, nobody cares. It's really weird. It's, it's, I guess maybe there's so many transplants in Florida that they just stick with the team that they grew up rooting for. I mean, we go to the Marlins, Florida, to the Red Sox or the Mets or the Yankees or just about any team with a decent sized fan base, they would always outnumber the Marlins fans. Always. I mean, if it was like the Diamondbacks or some team that nobody cares about, that would be different. But no, it was they played the one of the New York teams it was seventy five percent of visitors fans. One year, I went to the home opener at uh, the Trap. Did you? Yeah, they played the Angels. And it was the most boring thing I've ever had through my entire life. I almost fell asleep during the game. <clears throat> I think it was too comfortable. Like, you know, it was indoors and I think it was too comfortable. <laughs> it's it's funny. <laughs> they probably get like 38,000 people the first day and the second day they get like seven. <laughs> <laughs> They just have a bunch of stingrays in the in the pool. That's it. That's the fan base. And they've had some really good teams too. <laughs> At least Tampa has. Uh, Marlins haven't been good in a while. I want to. I'm celebrating Arizona <clears throat> winning their opening game. They beat San Diego State, and yeah, we tied. They kind of put a beat down on them they too. Did kind of put a beat down. San Diego State won 12 games last year too. It was the first game in their new stadium. The first game, and they uh, they had they had the third. The other team had the third string quarterback in by the end of the game. San Diego State. It was a good a good debut. Um, I forgot what I was going to tell <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <clears throat> well, what do, we, what do we got coming up next couple weeks? Like, we still have to finish out uh, uh, Kentucky Downs. Yeah. Colonial's finishing up this week, right? On Wednesday. Colonial's done Wednesday, yeah. Um. Then, what else? What else we got? Well, we have Belmont at the Big A, hmm. whatever that brings. When does that start? I think Friday. Friday? Yeah, I believe so. Soon. Oh, no, the 15th. I think the 15th it starts. So they give them a weekend off, huh? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Which is understandable, considering they're going to be there for... 
This is how long they're going to be at Aqueduct. We are a month Here. away. <laughs> we are a month away from the Keeneland Fall Meet, and this current Aqueduct stand will extend through the Keeneland Spring Meet. We haven't even got to the Fall Meet. <laughs> That's how long they're going to be at Aqueduct. Long time. Yeah, everybody complained that the <laughs> the aqueduct meet as long as it is. <clears throat> I mean, prior to <laughs> not going there for the Belmont meet, that's a good thing they put the two turf courses in there too. Yeah, that's that's going to be interesting. I I mean, at least I get some use out of that. Yeah, I mean, and he, there was a reason that they put another turf course in. No. You know, tra- track the starts racing at the end of October, November, basically, and then you know, stops in April. It doesn't need a turf course, a second turf course. But like I said, they're going to wind up picking up a bunch of those Belmont dates, and they're going to, you know, when that when the whole construction thing happens, it's it'll be the end of the big A. Which is crazy. Well, are they really gonna get it's still, the it's big still, A because isn't yes, that because there will be no there will be no big A. No big A is on borrowed time. So what the casino's gonna stay though, right? Oh yeah. Yep. No, they're gonna they're gonna winterize Belmont, the new Belmont. And by winterize, they're not gonna put in synthetic, are they? Oh, uh, they're talking about it. They are. They're talking about having having the the, the trio. I wish someone would talk them out of it because it's you know it's not going to work out like they think it is. But um, people are um, people are brainwashed, but. I was gonna say, who did the sales job on that? I thought I thought the synthetic thing was kind of, you know, given at like Turfway and Woodbine and Golden Gate, and then everything else was kind of up in the air after Arlington passed away. Yeah, I don't know, man. And then Gulfstream popped up and put in there. Synthetic track. Well, I'm going to put a recap up. And and it was something I was thinking about doing. Kind of a recap of the summary of the whole meet. Actually, I'm going to ask for your input on a couple, a couple areas. Okay, so I can do that. We're probably not going to get that out till Wednesday because I don't think I've said it enough already. I'm tired. My feet hurt. It's been a long, long meet, man. Forty days. Yeah, yeah. I feel like <laughs> life is good in that last eighth. My <laughs> <laughs> rad's got me all over. It hurt, and you left and right. Just trying uh, to when I when I get to the wire. 
when I turned the stolen golf cart on today and it didn't turn over. <clears> you knew it. Dead, and I was like, "Oh, well, we made it till day forty at least." I know. The great mystery. I should have left a note. Hey, buddy. <laughs> thanks for the memories. <laughs> yeah, thanks, for, thanks for letting us use your golf cart. Uh, <laughs> try I owe you one. Yeah, plug it into the next year. <laughs> oh man, sometimes the things you do. Well, we had fun. That's the whole point, right? Outside of winning and cashing tickets, you have to have some fun at the racetrack. <laughs> it's one of the few places where adults can act like children, and, and nobody really thinks that much different of you. <laughs> and we are the poster <laughs> children for that. Uh, that's right. Pegasus shenanigans. That's right. They cannot keep us out. We will get in the racetrack. You cannot keep us out. Even if we don't have passes, we're getting in. They really tried at the Pegasus. <laughs> okay, this, Gordon. Last okay. year. <laughs> we had Barry posing as a short white man. <laughs> it almost worked. It almost worked. Oh, God. <clears throat> I almost convinced the, the security guard to be like, yo, <laughs> you almost did it. I was like, uh, she almost did it. Yeah. And then she backed out. And then uh, a miracle came through on that day. Yeah, well, Gulfstream made the announcement this week that they're not going to uh, have the championship meet start until December 26th. Yeah, who cares? What, what to, uh, to coincide I mean, like, what with the opening, which I don't see why that would matter. Ever. Right. Who cares? There's two tracks on two different sides of the country that operate <laughs> three hours apart, but <laughs> but they're still going to go five days a week starting December first. So, Oof. good luck with that. Outside of uh, not raising the purses for twenty five extra days, I don't think they really will be much different. I mean, it's going to pretty much be the same thing. So, so I don't think it'll really affect people. Um, See, if they announce something like Hialeah was coming back, uh, then that's an announcement. That ain't happening. Ugh, I can dream. Bad but true. I mean, Hialeah would be great. Maybe I can it'd dream. It'd be awesome to have Hialeah, but it's just not going to happen. So... I gotta figure out the new Saratoga harness schedule. Gotta get those people that do the brisket that come Bris- down, come down to the Gulfstream. I should <clears throat> make a killing. I should put those brisket sandwiches right next to the stone crabs. Man, the fifty dollars stone crabs. Yeah. <laughs> Surf and turf, brisket style. Oh, uh, pick eight, the one dollar pick eight, Sciota Downs. That's Gabe's new new gig. Got a carryover into Thursday, dude. That's so impossible. Seventy five thousand. Eight races, bro. They've been hitting it, but not lately. Remember they they had the the Breeders' Cup had a seven, was it seven? Yeah, yeah, but that was I mean you got fourteen horse fields. 
How many combos? Even <laughs> even elite turf club <laughs> play like a four million. And it was a dollar, wasn't it? It was a dollar. Yeah, it was like crazy. Yeah, like the Breeders' Cup, they got twelve and fourteen horse fields, and all these Europeans, and it's impossible. You just you just gotta bet numbers. It's crazy. All right, well, it's been real. The meet was fun. The blog thing went great. That was a good idea. Great idea. You're you're the one that came up with it. Yeah, but you 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 executed it to perfection. We executed. I don't know perfection, but. I set him up, you knock him down, right? I could still use an editor to go through and correct my <clears throat> players. Um, sometimes I just get so tired. I'm just, <laughs> I wind up doing it like three o'clock in the morning because I'm up. But no, it was fun. It was fun to do, and I'm, I'm I was humbled by the uh, the amount of of people that actually read the thing. So, yeah, I mean, you know, the funny thing was that uh, someday and and you know what I would do someday? I would just forget to put the comment section in because you have to push a button to to put it, you know, on. I would just forget to put it in. But (laughs) there was virtually no negative comments, which in racing is like, it's crazy. It's like hardly ever seen. I was talking about John Asher with someone the other day and I was like, John Asher literally had no one that didn't like him. I said, racing, you know how hard that is? And racing people would, would you know, complain about it in the Powerball because we got to pay taxes. <laughs> so, That's true, man. Yeah, it was there was almost no negative comments, which was surprising. But I mean, I'm not going to say it was it was good. I, mean, I don't I don't want I don't want people to uh, I don't the negativity. I mean, Twitter we have enough. <laughs> I guess they decided that that was where it was going to be on Twitter. Oh, it was great. It was really good. I mean, I was happy. Yeah. That, uh, and and I, I don't mind when people disagree. I mean, you can disagree with the game base. Oh, I mean, it's game. not like we haven't had that. I, I mean, mean what, what was, let's not go carried away because we've, we've had emails. <laughs> no, we have had emails. But, but I mean, I, I but literally like 98% of the stuff video. we get is, is, is positive. Stuff yeah. which is great. I'll, I'll be honest. The biggest, uh, the biggest number of emails and, and, and <laughs> texts and stuff I ever got was over the jockey whip rule. Yeah, uh, that I was mean, last year. Owners are incensed. Incensed. I saw Lacey Gaudet yesterday, and I told her. I said one guy told me he said I, I might send her her horses because uh, because Lacey said that she would pay half the fine if the that would got fined. And she the guy oh, guy said he goes, Yeah, my owner my trainer would, would would volunteer to pay half the fine. Then he would recharge me for it with an upcharge. So I'd wind up paying even more twice. Paying <laughs> the fine twice. Uh, so maybe you better reevaluate your relationship with your trainer. <laughs> Uh, but no, that that really struck a chord um, that that the owners would be penalized that severe, and and a lot of them were basically how, how can you find a jockey five hundred bucks and the owner pays twenty six thousand? Like, right? Do you not want owners? I mean, it, right? It's it, it, so it, obvious to me. 
that that was like way off base. Like I've never had so many different people that I had, and it wasn't like people that I hear from on a regular basis. It was um, someone you know must have clued some other people in, and then and there was just a lot of like almost crazy. I, I really was surprised. It just kept uh, I kept getting the the notification. There's another. Another comment, another comment, another comment, another comment. Man, it's uh... well, it should be discussed. I, I mean, I, I, I would appreciate it, good, bad, or otherwise, because you know, those are the stuff. That's the kind of stuff that needs to be talked out. There's and a then, simple solution to that. Just make it the third right, just change penalty. Make it the most severe, um, the most severe cases, which I think is 16 strikes, which is 10 above the limit. So. I mean, even even dumb jockeys can count to to, to ten. So it just make it it just makes it so much easier. I mean, I, I don't personally think owners should be penalized at all, and I think it should be a disqualification. I don't think it should be a, a just where they basically steal your money and and they keep it. That's the other thing. Isaac keeps that money, which are they going to throw a pizza party? Which makes it a little less, you know. A little unsettling, anyways. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna fine you twenty six thousand or fifty thousand or eighty thousand, Britain. Well, what are you gonna do with money? Oh, we're gonna keep it. <laughs> That's Party. not, you know, kosher. But yeah, I mean, it's there's solutions to these problems, but they have to listen, and they're supposed to have this enforcement advisory commission, and people stop stop volunteering for my name. <laughs> I don't own any horses, and I don't train any horses. I'm not. Yeah, but there. I understand why they would want you to do it. Yeah, because they know I'll go in there and turn a table over, <laughs> amongst other things. <laughs> but um, I mean, they just have to listen a little bit. You know, we need the best rules, not the strictest or the most this or the most that. The best. Try to have the best rules. So there. Um, yeah, but I mean, you're one of the few people that know what the best rules would be. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm one of the few people it, to say it in public, right? <laughs> and that's that's the the thing that we have to get out of as an industry. Like all the sensitivity with. Oh, you know, sensitivity. don't 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 uh, put my horse at thirty to one morning line. Right. That oh kind my God. Of, it's you're like insulting man. me. Huh? <laughs> a, we're not putting a morning line on you. And B, if your horse is not good, he's not if good. He, if he's thirty to one or if he's fifty to one, nobody cares. You know what they're doing? They're putting a big red X through your horse. <laughs> doesn't matter if you're thirty to one or fifty to one or a hundred to one. It doesn't matter. So shut up. Yeah, you know people get mad, or, or you know they get mad at, at on air people for. Yeah, pointing out the this obvious stats. Right, Wayne Lucas was zero for fifty-five, and I I shouldn't even say zero for fifty-five. He was zero for his last fifty-five, or for whatever period of time that the DRF stats um, underneath the PPs were. But he had lost fifty-five turf races in a row at least before winning that turf race yesterday. Now, if we didn't point that out, we just said you know. Well, we didn't say anything because it'd be pretty tough to 
come up with a a positive spin on a guy that's over fifty five, other than you know he's due. I can't uh, even remember a turf horse that he had. Optimizer. Optimizer. Yeah. Okay. I remember him. <laughs> yes. Mike Beer came up with Optimizer today. The Beer family uh, picnic out in the backyard had to be Oof, moved to be, inside. Moved inside. <laughs> yeah, it's the, the the backyard area was pretty much vacant today. But I don't know. Next year, I think uh, I'm going to stay up maybe a couple weeks. You got to stay for the whole meet next year. <laughs> Our man SPN, we're gonna make him stay for the whole meet too. Oh, you know what next year is? I don't know. The mayor's oh, bachelor party. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm definitely if coming. You listen to the show. You're invited to the bachelor party. <laughs> if you give good gifts, the mayor can probably get you. You're gonna be gonna to be the, a uh, top tier. To the proceedings. You'll, you'll, you'll get to the A tier, yes. Even if he doesn't know you. <laughs> because basically the wedding is about gifts for the mayor. But well, um, it's not yeah. like, you know, if the mayor was 20. We're going to have a Project X-like bachelor party. Man, we set the woods on fire, bro. We are going to do something wild. And we're all old enough where this might be the last time we ever do that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> one more. <laughs> one more left in us. <laughs> Especially if we can get Rodney in from California. Rodney's coming. He, he's already committed. Oh, okay. Then it's on. The, uh, got the okay. The mayor was at the races yesterday. So he committed a violation after the races, but we won't talk about that. Oh, man. But uh, yeah, he, he yeah, gets he a was, pass for that. He was uh, he was at the races yesterday. As long as he wasn't eating with that dude, we're good. Ew. He wasn't, so he's all set. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, summer. Already making plans for next summer. Oh yeah, we got to. Yeah. So we'll. Uh... Tony Tony wants me to go to the Breeders' Cup with him. I don't really want to go to the Breeders' Cup. I do. I just, I've never I, been. You should go with Tony. <laughs> the, the potential of, of it getting cold is, is... Oh, yeah. That doesn't sit right with me either, to be honest with you. There's been, man, Keeneland. I've been at Keeneland when it's been like ridiculously cold. I remember that way back in the 90s, early, early, early. Work, work one spring at Keeneland for Nick. No. And it was, I remember one day it was like. <clears throat> seeing the snow flurries up there. And the... It was like ice storm. It, it was horrible. <laughs> and those barns are brick barns and the grandstand is, is stone and just, just cold. Man. November 5th at Keeneland could be really cold. So if you're going there from Anywhere but like Alaska, beware. All right. Well, Larry, I'm sorry we didn't have video. We haven't figured that out yet, but you're still our guy. 
That could be that could be like our New Year's resolution. Get video. Yeah. You never know. Or maybe before that. You never know. <laughs> you know, it's funny. <laughs> Whenever I say that, I say that like they say in uh, "Let It Ride." <laughs> you never know. You never know <laughs> when he's out of the bar. <laughs> oh man! The greatest movie. Uh, well, let's. Let's tell everybody what are we gonna do next week. Um, well, we got the wrap up of Colonial, right, and yeah. Kentucky Downs. Yeah, yeah. In the interim, oh, we gotta get we gotta get our people. We got a poll coming up mid mid of the month. We gotta get up. We gotta get all the. That's right. Next the week, we gotta back up the troops. There's gonna be a lot of uh, prohibitive favorites at the end of this at this point. Older male. Yeah, uh, three-year-old three, male. The three-year-olds are the, the 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 turf races are a little bit more uh, murky. Thanks yeah, like goddess taking yeah. the L. Yeah, yeah. Well, both Phillies that were number one and number two. Um, the Philly that got beat in the uh, the the four-star Dave. Mm-hmm. She she lost too. So the, our number one and number two Phillies both lost. Philly Sprinter has a has a new a new player. Good night, Olive, or whatever her name was. When the ballerina, she she wasn't on any ballots. <clears throat> yeah, because she wasn't really, you know, that was that was her first foray into yeah like, real stakes. Ever. She passed. Yeah, passed the test. Yeah, so things are going to be changing in some ways, and things are going to be cemented in. I wonder if this this if the the aqueduct track is going to play like it has been the last couple of years, where it's just horrifically deep. I don't know about that in this <clears throat> you know in September. Mm. I mean, September's still kind of like summer. Summer, some Although, somewhat. You know, sometimes the aqueduct track in the winter time, uh, they're not able to put a lot of water on it because it gets real cold. So you want it to freeze and clump. It's, it's, a a good, year. it's a good question. Was, like, how is how do you think the track's going to play? You got to feel it out a little bit, I guess. It's a couple days are wrong. Was that horse, the Pletcher horse that won the wood at a huge price, that like never won again? Burbonic. Yeah, that year it was. He, it was so bad. He, can, he contracted the Burbonic plague. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Dynamic one, dynamic one. Was it the bubonic plague? Yeah. <laughs> he ran like his legs were tied together the other day. <laughs> I remember a couple of years ago, a little girl got the plague, and it was because she put a dead squirrel in her mouth. <laughs> she went to Aqueduct. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the other thing. <laughs> she touched the floor at Aqueduct. She licked the floor at Aqueduct and got the bubonic plague. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh, we could probably talk football next week. No, that's right. That's right. <laughs> big, big year coming for the 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 aqua and orange. Big year, big year. I don't think the next year is the U. I don't think undefeated, but I, I think fifteen wins is possible. 
17. I don't want to show up, everyone. <laughs> we'll lose one. We're going to beat the Jets. We'll lose, lose to the Pats. We're going to beat the Jets twice. Oh, that's certainty. <laughs> that's happening. That's definitely happening. Oh, Jay Pridman. Jets just Jay regress. How do, how do they regress every year? How do the Jets just get worse? They're the Jets, man. I don't think that was possible. Jay Pridman retired. That's it for him. He's hanging yeah. out. Another sports, another another turf rider. Long time turf rider, yeah. too. He, another guy hits the bricks. I, honestly, I can't remember a time when he wasn't. Yeah, I mean, he kind of came in during like the the Sunday silence years. That was kind of when he first started. So yeah, when I was a kid. So yeah, yeah. Things are changing. All right. Well, I hope everybody had a decent Saratoga meet. And uh, again, like we said, it was great meeting people and. Uh, the more uh, the more people we meet, the better the better it is. The more we can spread our love. Some kind of sexual. Hey <sighs> Alright, I'm gonna go have ice cream. I think I'm gonna do that. Sounds good. We'll talk to everybody next week. So Barry came up with an excellent idea. A Saratoga racing block, the going in circles, daily Saratoga racing block. Patterned sort of after the great Stephen Christ, who, when he worked for the racing form, did a Saratoga daily block. Uh, Steve retired several years ago, and we figured, what the hell, let's, let's try to put our own together. And so far, it's gone seemingly... Well, if you haven't seen it, check it out at goingincirclesdigest.substack.com or we put the link up every day on Twitter, on Facebook, on uh, all sorts of social media. Uh, Check it out.